What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to No Nonsense, the Tennessee Titans podcast. I'm your host, Matthias Wadner, here with my co-host, Will Lomas, as always. And we're here with a bit of a, an emergency podcast. Um, I wrote to Will today, um, should we wait until the Titans hire a GM to, to record, assuming that it was going to take you know a couple more days, maybe end of the week, uh, maybe start of next week. No, no, <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, the Titans hired Rand Carthon. I, I feel like I'm never going to be able to say his name right, but they hired Rand Carthon from the San Francisco 49ers. He was their director of pro personnel, uh, and they moved quickly on this. So my assumption is that he just absolutely crushed the interview. Uh, both it, Did he interview twice? I think he might have interviewed twice. Not totally sure. Uh, yeah. It was right. This was the second one, and they were just like, "Okay, screw everyone else." <laughs> you, know, yeah. we're it, you know, it all happened so fast that it seemed, you know, that they, they had the report on Tuesday morning, which is Tuesday night when we're recording this. So he got hired like an hour ago. So uh, the timeline, as I understand it, is they reported that second a second wave of interviews was going to start happening soon. Apparently, Cunningham, Ian Cunningham from the Bears you know, formerly of uh, the Ravens and Eagles, like the, the the younger guy who was was the other guy that everybody was kind of locked in on as the smartest hire for this job, that they were the favorites along with Ryan Cowden. And apparently Cunningham had his second interview on Monday, even though what that one was not reported as, you know, the Titans have reported the other ones. And then uh, basically today it sounds like they had uh, – the Buffalo Bills candidate, I can't remember his name, and uh, uh, Carthen back in for his second interview on the same day, and they just uh, apparently hit it off so well, you know, he and Mike Vrabel, because this was the Mike Vrabel round of interviews, but that they apparently, you know, whatever questions they had, he answered and answered them well enough where they didn't need any more time, so uh, a deal was done later that day, so that, I mean, it, it happened I don't know if it happened faster than everybody thought, but it certainly happened faster than it was being reported by anybody. Yeah, uh, like you said, that report came out earlier today, and that's kind of why I assumed they were going to wait till the end of the week. That's what the report said. But, yeah, they moved quickly on this. I, I prefer them to move quickly. Obviously, you want to take your time uh, and, and vet every candidate well so that you make the right hire but sometimes if you just have a gut feeling uh you roll with it and i think this might be what happened uh with carthon and with amy adam strunk being at the head uh of all this 
So we kind of talked about Carthon last week. I remember you talked a little bit about him. You said you did a deep dive on him, and you came away not as, um, I, I don't know the word, like you weren't as excited about him as you thought you were going to be uh, before you, you did a little bit of a deep dive on him. I said that I was okay with any of these guys. Honestly, they all seemed like really good uh, fits, even Monty Austin Fort, who I don't know if he was really a candidate for this position. They interviewed him, uh, and he was an in-house guy, uh, but he seemed like one of the least likely to get the job. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals as their new GM. Uh, so all of these guys at the Titans lined up to interview. Like, they were— they were good candidates, and I would have been okay with, with any of them. So before I was rudely interrupted by my cat several times, actually, you guys won't hear that, but uh, I liked all of the, the GM candidates that the Titans uh, had on their docket, and I think Carthon will probably prove to be a, a pretty smart hire. I, I like it. I like his background. Uh, I like what he's done with the 49ers as their pro personnel director. Uh, and I really don't think the Titans could have gone wrong with a lot of these guys. And by all accounts, he seems like a really upstanding type of character. And a lot of people thought he was an up-and-coming type of of front office guy and just personality. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he does. What, what were your thoughts uh, initially when you heard this? Yeah, so uh, when they announced the list of uh, candidates, like I, Carthen was the one who I expected to, you know, be blown away with just because the 49ers are such a good organization. Um, and ultimately, that's that's his strength. But, you know, I'll, I'll circle back to that and I'll start with the concern I have. The and I don't, I don't remember if I talked about this in the last week's podcast. The concern I've had is that he's been uh the director of uh pro personnel for the majority of his career like he does things in the pro side like or at least that's how it's listed on you know uh, in his job description you know may, maybe all teams don't don't look at it exactly the same way like maybe you know pro, like the pre director of uh pro personnel does different things for whatever but the majority of his career with the rams and uh, the 49ers, he's been more involved in the pro side. And that's, that's good. That's, in, that's a very important thing to have knowledge in, especially with the cap and, you know, being able to manage that correctly and find a ways to get your superstars under, uh, under, you know, team friendly, but not like offensive, like cap structures, like all that is important, but the, he was in charge of one, two, three, four, four, five, six, uh, six first round picks. And, uh, because the only other time we have a, like officially to look back on beside his time with the 49ers as the director of player personnel, uh, was from 2013 to 2016 with the Rams. And, you know, John Robinson's big knock was, well, he didn't hit it out of the park with first round picks. And that, doesn't really seem like it's going to change with Carthen. So in 2013, uh, they drafted Tavon Austin. 2014, they drafted Greg Robinson and Aaron Donald, which Aaron Donald, awesome, but he wasn't even their first choice, which I think I talked about last week. Um, you know, you don't knock him for drafting Aaron Donald, but you can't like, you can't praise him when it wasn't even their first, you know, option. But 
that's whatever. Then Todd Gurley was 2015. Jared Goff was 2016. Uh, then the next time he was in charge of all player personnel was 2021 with Trey Lance. And they traded their first round pick this year to move up for Trey Lance. So that that part's not glowing. Like that's something they're going to have to figure out whether that means, you know, finding the best scout that they currently have on staff or the best scout that the 49ers have. I, I, I don't know what they do, but that that's my big concern. Um, but. You know, now now that that's out of the way, I think if there's any franchise you want to emulate, it's the 49ers. Like they're take they're literally taking a rookie, Mister Irrelevant, and they put up what was it, 40 points or something on Seattle, and you know, not, not like with their with their backups, and you know that they, they've done a bunch of smart things. I, again, I don't I don't know if I would have traded for Christian McCaffrey, but then again. They were kind of the perfect team to trade for Christian McCaffrey because they seem to have a plan on what to do with him. And, you know, he's been a great complement to what they already have. And he's taken some stress off of Debo Samuel. So, you know, like, again, I don't know if that's him making a great move or their their coaching staff being great. But the good news is that he's been a part of one of the most well-oiled machines in the NFL year in and year out. And they're really the only one that's done it without a great quarterback or somebody that everybody, you know, somebody that everybody accepts as a top five to 10 quarterback, like that. I I don't know if they, how much they let Garoppolo, but all their fans have been trying to trade or cut Garoppolo for, you know, three years and they traded up to get Lance. So they must not love him that much, but they've still managed to find ways to win games. So there's a lot to like about him. I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned about the draft. Yeah, you almost wonder if the Titans hired him because uh, the Titans don't have, you know, that type of elite quarterback, and it might be a couple of seasons before they even get one. Uh, and what the Niners have done with uh, Garoppolo, who I still think Tannehill is better than him, but you could say similar type of game manager roles, I would say. Um, and the fact that the Niners have been so successful despite not having an elite quarterback, maybe that, that swayed uh, Amy Adams shrunk a little bit in that direction. What I love about the way the Niners have been built is they have just their their offensive skill position players are, are awesome and they are so good after the catch. They do everything that the quarterback needs them to do and they go above and beyond in terms of breaking tackles, making explosive plays, uh, and they've done a good job evaluating that. It's not just that you know Kyle Shanahan. Um, he does put them in positions to succeed, but they do a lot of the stuff themselves. I mean, Kill was a fifth-round pick. Um, I think Carthon was around uh, for that one. Uh, Debo was a second-round pick. Ayuk was a first-round pick, and I didn't even like Brandon Ayuk all that much coming out, but he has turned into like a legitimate Pro Bowl receiver, so good after the catch as well, amazing route runner. So the fact that, that Carthon had played a big role in getting a lot of these guys <clears> – <throat> Onto the Niners, I think is impressive and gives me a little bit of hope um, for what he can do with the Titans roster. I also like what they've done with their defense. I mean, they've been one of the best defenses uh, with a couple of defensive coordinators over the past couple of seasons, uh, and they just seem to reload every single year. They find good values in the draft, like Hufanga, uh, who had a really good season in safety. So it's exciting. I like, I like th- this. This hire definitely has me. Has me feeling good about the Titans. Uh, 
and yeah, like I, I think they're in a good position going forward. I'm very interested to see uh, who they're going to hire as our offensive coordinator. Um, what do you think they're going to do there? Like, do, do you see Matt Michael Floor as an option? I, I feel like he could be since he he has ties. Yeah, like Lafleur is a guy who comes to mind, but it, you know it seemed like he was going to be out of reach yesterday because it seemed like all the buzz was that you know uh, McVeigh was going to look to link back up with him or, or you know to, to get a connection there because of his history with Matt Lafleur and they kind of run similar offenses, like, you know all that kind of stuff. So it seemed like Lafleur was going to be you know not an option for the Titans, but th- this changes things because. Even if they don't get LaFleur, like, to me, this signals that, okay, they're not, they're not straying too far away from, like, what they, like, what they had success with, right? Like, with Arthur Smith, it was a lot of zone, a lot of, like, play action. I I, I wish I had the numbers on how much motion they used, because I feel like they used a lot more than they've used the last two years. But it's like having guys who you don't care if Johnny Smith's not a perfect blocker, he's functional. And that's enough for you to get by with having him out there on half the snaps because you know that defenses have to treat uh, treat him like a blocker and a receiver because he could do both. And the reason I bring him up is because, you know, that's what Chigakonkwo's role should be in the offense going forward. And the fact that, Rand Carthen has seen that with Kittle, who, to be fair, is great at both things. But, you know, the the fact that they don't seem to be saying, like, okay, not that I would have minded, like, a, uh, like somebody from the Bills or somebody from the Chiefs or something like that, but this is, idea, like, philosophically similar enough to what the Titans had success with that you don't have to – it seems like they're in lockstep that that's kind of what they're going to go forward with at offensive coordinator. Like you wouldn't hire somebody who spent time drafting and signing players from zone blocking schemes. And you know, like what the, like the things that the 49ers do, like you wouldn't sign somebody for that and then have them run like real heavy, like, you know, we're going to run power over, you know, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't sign them to do something that they're not familiar with. So I would say that the offensive coordinator is going to be in lockstep with that idea or else, you know, they're putting themselves behind the eight ball to start. But yeah, like the, I, I I'm, I'm so hesitant to have a positive outlook on this, right? Because it just feels like at some point based on everything we've seen the team do, whether it's promoting Shane Bowen or, like back in the day when that was, or I guess just naming Shane Bowen the actual offensive or defensive coordinator, but he turned out well. But then there's Todd Downing and there's the revolving door of, uh, you know, people that you think you're going to get an outside guy coming in to help change things or whatever, and then it's just more of the same. So this this is a great step. If it's reflected in the offensive coordinator job and the offensive line job, I'm all in like it's back to full hope. This is they've done everything they possibly could have done correct so far with the hand they were dealt in the offseason. Now they just need to keep going and to keep, you know, staying committed to this. It's time to have new ideas and fresh blood and do, you know, do what they're doing. But I'm just until I see it, the roster finalized or the coaching staff finalized, like I can't fully buy in. 
I'm with you. Um, it definitely feels like they're doing the right things and, and they're going in the right direction, but uh, we have to see the results before we can judge anything. Before we sign off, I did want to get your thoughts on an excerpt from an AP article that was done on Carthon last year. Goes as follows. Carthon said he has learned different aspects of the job from all three organizations he has been a part of, but says the number one thing he has learned in San Francisco is the importance of the relationship between John Lynch and coach Kyle Shanahan. And then there's a quote from him. John and Kyle are aligned and have a clear vision of what they want from players at every position. Then now us as scouts, we can just go out and identify that. That's a big thing that I've learned probably the most. That's not to take away from any of the or other organizations. Just having a clear line vision between the GM and his staff and the head coach and his staff. That allows us to have our marching orders and allows us to just go out and hunt for those players. What are your thoughts on that? Because it seems very much that he thinks there needs to be clear collaboration between the head coach and GM. And I think that's something that Amy Adams-Strunk, when she put out the statement on John Robinson's firing, um, it was kind of about that you know yeah i mean the the whole collaboration thing is it's weird right because we heard i mean i don't know how many times we saw like john robinson and mike frable at combines or, or at the combine or at individual days or you know together to like at, at whatever like i mean they they spent the entire off season working together like they were in rooms together, like I, this idea and, and, you know, Mike Keith has talked about it. And I mean, every, like Jim, why, like everybody connected to the team talked about it even after John Robinson had been fired. So there was no point in protecting it if it was a lie, but th this idea that there wasn't collaboration is asinine. Now, were there points that they disagreed on? I, I'm guessing, or else it, they wouldn't feel like it's such an emphasis, but you know, does that mean trading AJ Brown was a John Robinson decision because he knew he was running out of time and Vrabel just said, you know, just hold on because, you know, he like he won't really do it. And, you know, if, if you just keep, you know, if you just hold the line, like he'll end up showing up to camp. And it's like that's easy to say because it's not really Mike Vrabel's fault if AJ Brown holds out the whole season. Like if AJ Brown holds out the whole season, Nobody's going to say Mike Vrabel really should have paid him. It's John Robinson, whose job is and was ultimately on the line. So, you know, uh, the, I'm sure there were some disagreements on some moves, but, you know, like this idea that it's like, oh, if, if the Titans would have kept, you know, the Titans would have kept Jack Conklin if Mike Vrabel had his way. It's like, no, like he's already, you know, complained over and over about repeat offenders and all that. Like, I, I don't imagine Conklin would have been there. They didn't make an offer to Corey Davis who would have been a solid option and would have helped stabilize some of this AJ Brown stuff either way. And, you know, like he was one of those repeat offender guys, Vrabel shipped, you know, was ready to ship a Dory Jackson out basically week one. So, you know, it, it, like it, this idea that, all the talent comes in and is fully supported by Mike Vrabel. I mean, even AJ Brown said it's not fun to play with Mike Vrabel. Like, and that, you know, and, and they're supposed to be boys. So, you know, like this idea that there's not collaboration is it's a straw man. It's it's a fake thing that like people people keep maybe straw man's the wrong term because there are people who think that it's real, but it's it just it did it that's not the way it goes down. Like 
this idea that John Robinson had unilateral power to make all these decisions. It's just, that's just not the way it goes. So, you know, that's, that's fine. Like I'm, this is not, I will defend John Robinson, but that's not the point of that. The point of that is to say that there was collaboration. Like there's a reason why they drafted Isaiah Wilson and it's because Mike Vrabel wants to run the ball, you know, 50% of the time. And that's what he said. And that's what he'll do presumably this year, unless they really do hand the reins of the offense over to somebody else. But, you know, if you're going to do that, having, you know, and and all the good options are off the board, uh, like, and you need an offensive tackle, it makes sense to grab the biggest dude and hope that you can motivate him and develop him. And, you know, they, they swung and they absolutely missed there because Wilson just did not care at all about playing football. And I mean, really was just an anti like Vrabel Robinson pick just in terms of mentality across the board. So, you know, that was, that was obviously a problem, but it's like the, both of their fingerprints are, you know, all over this, like the good and the bad. So, you know, the, the idea that there wasn't collaboration before is crazy. Now, having said that, having your general manager say, you know, or, or having, you know, your new general manager on quote saying, you know, the, the importance of a general manager is to be streamlined and to do what the head coach wants and to work with them to accomplish common goal. You know, like, that's good. That's what you want them to say. Like, you don't you don't necessarily the guys who say just draft the best player you can never trust those guys because that they don't usually win like you can't just draft guards and defensive tackles and safeties over and over and expect to win a championship like the best quarterback on the board is not going to fail not going to fall to you like you know so that those guys you can't really trust but you know the idea should like and you know we just saw Vrabel basically have heavy input on who, who they hired at the end and all that. And I I would imagine it goes a long way. And I would imagine that there's an understanding in that building that this is, you know, Vrabel's team. It's your job as a GM to supply him with players and y'all should be in lockstep. And if there's a disagreement, uh, you've got to convince Mike Vrabel that you're right, not the other way around. And that's fine. Like that, you know, that's, that's what, Amy wants and you know okay like that that's fine Mike Vrabel understands how to win games in the NFL we'll see what his team looks like now that he has full control but if he says we need a left guard who can you know play in this zone blocking scheme who doesn't get absolutely run over and he says okay you here's one that you can draft in the first round second round third round fourth round you know you 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 tell me how badly you want them cool like that's that's what you should do but if you say, I want a left guard that, you know, doesn't get run over and, can, you know, can make a difference, at, you know, at the second level and do play in the zone blocking scheme, blah, blah, blah. And they say, well, I really want to draft a wide receiver here because we lost our wide receiver. Well, then, like, I, I can that that's not collaboration. So, I, like, we'll we'll see. Like, we'll see how much of this is, you know translates now that he has the head or the uh, general manager job and we'll see what moves happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I, everybody's going to have their own opinion. The one thing that should be clear is this is Mike Vrabel's team. You know, no matter how much uh, the players picked might not be a hundred percent Mike Vrabel. There's going to be input both ways, 
but no decision is going to be made on this roster that Mike Vrabel didn't sign off on. You know, he may have said, I don't love him, but I like him, but he at least likes all these players. So for, for good or bad, like this is going to be Mike Vrabel's team. So, and you know, one, one side benefit to all this is let's say things do go wrong. And we, we enter 2024 and the Titans have won, you know, three games. It turns out they didn't figure out their injury stuff and they're going to get the first pick in the draft. Well, you know, who's really good at finding coaches, everybody in San Francisco, you know, they hired McDaniels as offensive, you know, they, they obviously have Shanahan as the head coach, but they hired McDaniels as offensive coordinator, Sala, D'Amico, Ryan, like, it's like that they, they know, you know, they, they know what to look for. And so that, that would seem to me to suggest that, okay, at the very least, they've got a track record of seeing the process. You know, he, Rand Carthen, would have the track record of seeing the process of this is what you should look for in a head coach. This is what we looked for when we talked to our offensive and defensive coordinators. And, you know, these are the qualities of the guys we hired. Like, this is what I should look for in those guys. Like, that, at the very least, you have a built-in backup situation where – if you need to hire a head coach, he is somebody who should know the right decisions to make. So, you know, let's hope it doesn't come to that. But at the very least, it's not a guy who's completely unprepared, who never saw a good head coach or offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator hired on his watch. Yeah, uh, agreed with almost all your points. Uh, I will say that Carthon is going to come in and he- Man, he's he's got to make some big decisions right away. This is not a not an easy position to be in. He's got to hire a good offensive coordinator. Uh, although it can't get worse than Downing, so whatever whoever he hires is probably gonna gonna look good by the end of it. But he has to hire an OC, an offensive line coach, um, a secondary coach, which is pretty important. And also Jim Schwartz is now the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so he might have to hire some sort of senior defensive uh consultant or assistant to help with uh to help shane bowen although i'm sure shane bowen could, could do the duties himself but just a lot of positions to fill and on top of that he might have to draft you know the quarterback of the future in this draft if that's what they choose to do um if not they're gonna have to hit on some of these high picks these first round picks immediately so he's in a tough spot man like I hope he's ready for this. I'm sure he is. But yeah, if if it doesn't go as planned the first couple of seasons, we're, we're going to start to really uh, to really look back on the decision to fire John Robinson. Uh, but that'll be in hindsight and that'll that'll come when it comes. But by all accounts, it seems like this is a good hire and, and I hope it works out uh, for the Titans and I hope it leads to, you know, future success uh, right away. So That'll do it for us this week. We just want to do a quick podcast, although we ended up going like 30 minutes anyway because that, that's how we do things. Uh, but we'll be back next week to talk a little bit through free agency, what free agents we might want or we want to see the Titans pursue, uh, and talk a little bit about the Titans draft strategy. Um, yeah, lots to talk about. So stay with us uh, during this offseason uh until i eventually get tired and decide to quit podcasting <laughs> not kidding <laughs> but uh we'll see we'll pl- we'll play it by ear uh so that'll do it for us for matthias for will thanks for tuning in and remember to always stop the nonsense
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.